Hello and welcome to the Religion Media Centre podcast. I'm Ruth Peacock and this week I'm hosting a debate on the shortage of RE teachers in England and Wales. Our panel discusses the extent of the problem and why and how things must change. Welcome to today's Religion Media Centre briefing. And today we're discussing a campaign to recruit more teachers of religious education in England and Wales. The subject is compulsory in schools and more students are taking GCSE in the subject, but applications to teach it have plummeted by a third this year. And joining us on the call, we have Dr. Catherine Wright, the Chief Executive of Cullum St. Gabriel's Trust, Dr. Tim Hutchings, Assistant Professor in Religious Ethics at the University of Nottingham, Heather Marshall, Associate Tutor in Religious Education at Edgehill University, Liverpool, and we hope later on, Louisa James Smith, an RE teacher and presenter of the RE podcast. So, Catherine, can I start with you? Could you give us some facts about the shortage of RE teachers? How many do we need and how many do we have? What is the shortfall? Okay, so um, the shortfall is quite significant. As you mentioned, Ruth, um, so far this year, um, recruitment is down by yeah, almost, a, almost a third um, on, on previous years. But the issue is that um, when we take into account the last uh, nine of 10 years um, where recruitment has not met its target, um, so there are significant shortfalls um, in, in the workforce. Um, and we know that um, over 100 different um, jobs for RE were being advertised, I think, just in the London area uh, recently. Um, And um, we know that we've got, you know, less than, you know, 450 um, people coming through who are going to be able to fill these places. And that's that's 100 people just for one, you know, one week. Um, So um, this is a it's a real problem. Um, I think one of the other things to point out is that um, even just thinking more widely about the, the workforce in terms of, of RE, um, 25% of RE lessons are taught by teachers with no post-A-level qualification. Um, 51% of teachers of RE mainly teach in other subjects. That's now, um, let alone trying to recruit more people in. Um, we know that the numbers of graduates for theology and religious studies courses um, in 2020-21 was approximately 1,300, but only about 10% of those will potentially go on and enrol in initial teacher training. Um, So since 2011, sorry, I don't want to be too depressing, but since 2011, um, there's been a fall of about 10.9% in the number of people training to teach the subject. But can I give you a positive to finish on? Um, The positive is that more young people are wanting to do... um, Religious Studies at GCSE, Um, and um, uh, I think you did a a little session about this before, Ruth, Um, a survey we commissioned um, uh, towards the end of last year, um, looking at sort of parental um, public opinion about the subject, is actually really positive. So um, there's some really positive things there more, more generally, but it's the teacher issue that's the problem. What accounts for it? As as graduates leave university and choose their careers, why aren't they choosing to teach RE? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Ruth. And I think it's multifaceted. Um, I think there are some general issues um, that we've got. So workload, 
um, pay not keeping pace with inflation, um, uh, a third of the profession are leaving the profession quite early on, um, sort of within five years. Um, we also have um, a bit of a crisis in sort of what we might call middle leadership with large numbers, particularly women leaving um, sort of between the ages of 30 to 39, for example, um, because um, sort of maybe lack of opportunities of flexible working and so on around that around that time. Um, but also with RE specifically, um, we don't have a bursary uh, currently for the subject, whereas some other subjects do. Um, when you look at some of the statistics, not all, um, but for some of the other subjects that have a bursary, um, they are recruiting generally a bit better. That isn't the case across the board. Um, physics, I know, is, is still a particular uh, challenge. Uh, but some of the other subjects like geography, uh, chemistry, um, I think, for example, um, are recruiting better. So I think that's a particular issue for RE. And also, I think there are some myths out there that you need to have a theology degree or a religious studies degree to um, become an RE teacher. And that isn't the case. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about the campaign a bit more. But one of the things we want to try and do is a bit of myth busting. Um, so I think there, there's some other challenges that are facing us, particularly in terms of RE recruitment. But there are clearly wider issues out there. Can I just go to you, Heather, now? Heather, you're the Associate Tutor in RE at Edgefield University, Liverpool. What kind of, um, what are the young teachers like who want to teach RE? What, why are they doing it? Why are they coming to you? Is, is there one answer to that? Yeah, I mean, they, uh, the um, cohort that I've got this year are um, incredibly passionate, are enthusiastic. Um, but one of the biggest things that I find inspires applications and inspires um, people to come into the profession is having an inspiring teacher themselves. And that comes up time and time again in an interview. Uh, why do you want to be a teacher? Well, I had a fabulous RE teacher that really brought the subject alive for me. So I want to do that for the next generation. Um, yeah. And um, that's like incredibly important to them that, um, you know, RE is kind of um, upheld um, and um, stay significant within within schools. Um, they are very passionate, but they also kind of know that that they they almost have to fight for their subject as well. I find that they're kind of very um, willing to kind of take on some of the fight for the place of RE within schools as well. Could you tell me a little bit more about that then, um, the Heather, the place yeah. of RE in schools? Is one of the reasons that it's not such an attractive subject that it is um, low down in priorities mm -hmm. in schools when it comes to finding its place within the curriculum? Yeah at all sometimes yeah yeah I think it's it's an interesting one and I think there's a you know much like Catherine was saying like multifaceted reasons um for a lot of these things I think there's multifaceted reasons why RE um sometimes does have to fight for prominence and does have to fight for its position um I think there's a historical kind of misconception about RE and what RE is um is there for and what it what what was the purpose of RE? Um, so some people go back to kind of the days of religious instruction and think it's about making our young people religious or, or has a Christian ethos. Um, and so I think, um, it, although, as Catherine's rightly said, you know, young people are starting to value it, um, that change has become, you know, is a bit slower within the school system itself. Um, because it's often... 
um, just one lesson a week as well, um, just due to staffing and budgets and that kind of stuff. So it can be quite high turnover for staff in, in pupil numbers as well. Um, and also, you know, it's not included um, as part of kind of an EBAC subject, so it doesn't count towards um, some of the... Um, reporting of gradings for schools at GCSE. Um, and so schools will sometimes put their efforts elsewhere um, in this kind of metric driven society that we kind of live in. Um, Could you just in a nutshell, tell us what the law is regarding RE in schools? I know we danced around it in your last answer, but just to be clear, yeah. is it compulsory at yeah. what ages and to what extent? It's compulsory. Um, it has to be a compulsory part of the curriculum for every pupil um, from um, early years up until actually until they finish school kind of post-16. Um, so as long as a child is in, um, in, in a school setting, they should be studying RE. And that includes actually, it should include um, kind of further education settings as well, um, kind of colleges beyond schools as well. Um, although that's patchy. Um, and so all pupils are entitled to, it, I think it works out roughly around an hour a week of RE. That's the stipulation. There's, there's kind of all sorts of kind of um, percentages, I assume. What is the impact on departments such as your own mm. that teach the teachers of RE mm. with fewer applicants coming forward? So we've heard the statistic, there are a third fewer applications mm. this year. Does that put your own and other um, parallel departments at risk? Yeah, it does. It does. And um, universities are not going to be keen to continue to support courses that are not seen as financially viable. And although that sounds very cynical, um, that's the way that universities are run. Um, and so um, it's very important that we keep our numbers kind of buoyant and we grow as a course. I know that there's, there's places within the UK where there's very little opportunity to train to be an RE teacher because the courses have been cut as well. Um, because they're just not seen as viable. Do you know how many uh, colleges there are that teach teachers of RE? I think there are so many different providers now. Mm. It's, it's in the it's in the hundreds right, of yeah. providers. So obviously we, you have university providers, but you've got school centre initial teacher training as well, and so on. So there are vast number of, of providers, but a number of those are maybe offering one or two places. Tim, just turning to you. So you're at the University of Nottingham. Um, I'm just wondering what impact the the lack of specialist teachers in RE has for departments such as yours when you have um, young people aged 18 turning up to do a course in theology or religious studies. Um, do you find that there is the uh, amount of information that you'd be looking for to build on when you find these graduates first in your classes in September? Theology and religious studies has always been a university subject that you can take from any kind of background. Uh, we welcome students from a really wide range of A-level backgrounds. Um, what's interesting, I think, is that the popularity of RE and sub subject like religious studies and related subjects at A-level over the last 20 years has really gone up very considerably. Um, and we haven't seen a corresponding increase in the number of people doing it at university. So what you, what you might expect is that people study RE at A-level and they have a fantastic teacher and they learn it's a wonderful subject and that means more of them go on to university. Um, 
which hasn't happened yet. That's certainly something I'd like to encourage more of in the future. Um, and at the same time, as we've already mentioned, people there are people who are doing theology and religious studies degrees all around the country. You would think they would graduate and think this is the most interesting subject in the world. I'd love to go back in a school and help people learn more about it. But actually, very few of them do. Um, only about 10% of people with theology and religious studies degrees go back uh, to teach RE in schools. Um, so there's there's a, a very odd pipeline between the, the different levels of the subject. Um, the more could be done here to, to support progression, I think. We've heard that the number of uh, people applying to be a teacher has dropped by a third. What are the conversations you have with your students as they prepare to leave and choose careers? Can you shed any light on why they're not going into teaching as a profession? Well, I think and this is something that, that um, RE teachers will be emphasising as well. Um, this is a subject that leads into a really wide range of careers. Um, through doing RE, you learn about, or, or religious studies at the university. Um, we spend lots of time talking about ethics and what would make society a better place and what, what is a just world, what, what kind of a world do you want to live in? So, of course, lots of people go on into careers in that area. They might work on policy or international relations or social work or something. Um, you spend a lot of time analysing evidence and we tell students, look, you've, you've figured out how to make sense of a really questionable eyewitness account from 2000 years ago that sounds very unlikely and you have just you have managed to figure out which bits of evidence are reliable here and how to turn that into a persuasive argument um there are lots of careers you could go into for for analyzing evidence of different sorts um or storytelling professions um like journalism or uh, screenwriting or something else you've learned about some of the most influential stories in world history go tell good stories of your own um, so we're always emphasizing there's a wide range of things you can do with religious studies. And I bet that students hear just the same message from their RE teachers at school as well. Um, and maybe what we're, what we're missing sometimes is that we need to say, and teaching other people religious literacy and RE and ethics in schools is also, is also a really important task. Um, but what, what I'd like to see from increased RE is not, uh, and increased good teaching of RE is not just more and more people doing religious studies at university, but better informed politicians and journalists and police officers and all sectors of society where, where people have done some RE at school. We should be seeing um, more understanding of the kind of diverse and complicated society that we live in. Thanks. And just, just going back to, to you, Catherine, about your specific campaign, what do you what can you do about this? You've had a shortfall for the, the the profession has had a shortfall for nine or ten years now. Um, despite your best efforts, nothing seems to be changing. So what are your campaign messages? What are you hoping to achieve? Yeah, so I think the first thing is, uh, it links actually back to what Tim was just saying about that we need um, uh, religiously literate people across the whole of society. So therefore, RE teaching is a great career because actually you're then feeding, if you like, um, future generations um, uh, into careers across the piece, if you like, um, where this is really important to be able to navigate complex um, challenging, difficult um, situations that we find because everyone has has a different perspective that they're bringing on that, whether it be religious or not. 
So I think that's that's one of the first messages um, is that, you know, you're actually equipping the pe- young people of the future to go into a whole different range of careers. Um, and I think that another message we're saying is that I, I touched on this before, is that this is a really valued subject, actually. Um, you know, the public, the general public really think it's important um, for young people to be well equipped, um, to uh, be respectful, to be open, to be well informed and all of those things. So I think that's the first message. What we're doing is a number of different things. One of them is a social media um, focused campaign, um, which is particularly focusing on those messages. So we're using some films, uh, for example, about the importance of the subject. We've got quotes and um, uh, information for people who are currently teaching the subject about uh, why it's so important and why it's a great career to go into. Um, we have a webinar um, that we are, have on offer for those that might be interested in becoming a teachers of RE. That's on the 27th of March. Um, that we're delighted that um, over 60 people have already signed up to come to that. So hopefully our messaging is getting out there that this is a great career. Um, We are also exploring um, direct messaging to undergraduates um, as well, so through UCAS, um, and also looking at targeting um, kind of university job boards um, and uh, trying to get into the kind of the career changes uh, market, if you like, particularly through uh, LinkedIn, uh, for example. So there are a range of different strands uh, to the campaign. Um, And I just wanted to point out as well that although Columbus St Gabriel's are supporting this as a charity. Uh, a number of other charitable trusts are also uh, supporting this um, as well, particularly financially. How, how political are you going to become, uh, Catherine? Because this is a shortage of RE teachers, but by all accounts, there's a shortage of teachers across the board, uh, including in STEM subjects, which the government is prioritising. So are you joining forces with the unions like the NEU to campaign for higher wages, for example? So I think we are we are involved in um, lobbying, not not specifically um, with the NEU in this in this instance, um, but we are raising questions um, more generally. Um, for example, we ran a, a, a webinar the other week um, in collaboration with the with the RE Council, for example, where we quite clearly um, raised questions around challenges around workload. I think in particular, um, yes, um, questions around uh, does does pay need to be looked at and so on. Um, and those wider questions around particularly bursary funding, I think, is one of the big things in terms of um, political campaigning for us. So, yes, um, we are getting involved with the politics. Um, we have had conversations um, with uh, the department, for example, um, about this. Um, but I think uh, you're right. There are there are wider issues and joining forces with others is really important. In fact, I was at uh, an event this morning uh, where we were looking more widely, particularly around issues around workload and flexible working, for example. Um, and joining forces with others um, to um, yeah to move move the campaign forward more widely. Thank you. We're joined by Catherine Hughes. By the looks of things, Catherine, you are actually in the classroom at the moment. Um, thank you for joining. I know you're you're actually at school and you're an R, RE teacher, head of RE in a in a school in Liverpool. Um, we've been speaking. I know you've just joined us, and thank you because uh, you've been in the classroom until now. We've been talking about the shortage of uh, RE teachers and the the numbers coming through. Can you just tell us from your experience what's it like teaching RE in your school? How big is your department? Do you have non-specialist teachers? How do you actually handle the timetable in your school? I'm the head of RE at a Catholic school in St Helens, and I'm also the chair of St Helens Sacra. 
And um, I'm quite lucky that I have 10% curriculum time for RE at my school. But I have, um, currently I have two non-specialists teaching RE who are full-time RE teachers. And then I have three other teachers who are non-specialists who are teaching other subjects and have a couple um, of RE classes. Um, And then I have five staff who are full-time RE teachers with an RE degree and an RE PGCE. Um, Last year when we were recruiting, we were looking for a maternity cover and we really struggled to get a teacher. And then when we needed someone else to add to the timetable, we've had to go out like three or four times to get someone. But even though we're a close subject in a fake school, we've still struggled to recruit specialists um, and specialists with responsibility as well, not just to be an RE teacher, but with some responsibility and the opportunity to progress. Can you tell me the, the kind of challenges that you have as a head of department if you have so many teachers who are helping you, but where religious education is, where, where the study of religion has not been their primary subject of study when they were a student? Um, do you have to supplement the teaching of the teachers as well as part of your duties? Is that part of what you do? Yeah, so there's two issues really. The first issue is whether they give RE the same time as they give the other subjects that they teach or whether it's just like, oh, I'll plan it as I go along kind of thing, whether they give it the same time. And I'm very lucky that two of the non-specialists are practising Catholic, so they have that kind of basis to begin with. Um, So my first issue is whether they give it the time that it needs. Um, And the second issue is their subject knowledge so we do, we have departmental briefings every week of a Wednesday morning, and I'm trying to get those teachers to take it in turns. So come to me once every three weeks and then go to the other subjects. Um, we share good practice in our departmental meetings and they can, we share resources. And it's just that dialogue that they feel comfortable in saying, I have absolutely no idea how to teach the Trinity. Where's my starting point? Um, and some of these concepts are difficult subject specialists anyway. It's interesting that even uh, in a Catholic school, you have a difficulty or challenge of, re- of recruiting. Um, can I just ask you about diversity? And uh, we've got people with other faiths um, on the call and, you know, do chip in. But um, in, in your school, diverse uh, society around where you are, are you having enough people with diverse backgrounds coming in to the teaching of RE, or are the people coming in to teach RE predominantly Christian in their tradition? Well, to be fair, you have to have a preach reference to come to a Catholic school to teach RE. Um, but currently we do have someone who's a Buddhist. And also we try to have like guest speakers come in and specific CPD for staff or faith representatives as well. I've done that this year as well for staff. What would be your own... Um answer to the challenge of finding sufficient teachers to come in to teach RE? What would you do? What would you say? How do you find them? I think, obviously, because there's no bursary for training to be teachers. So I think, you know, for RE teachers, that's an issue, isn't it? So they're not even thinking about becoming RE teachers. And I think maybe the perception is 
you have to be religious. You have to be practicing that faith. But actually, that's not the case. Because I know when I was training, my friend was had no belief in God. She thought it was absolutely, you know, there's no evidence. But she thought she was the better RE teacher because she was unbiased and that she could bring it alive better because she didn't have this nagging voice in the back of her head saying, I believe in God, you know, about heaven and things like that. So I think the teacher's need a bursary and maybe the concept that how we view RE, that it's not about whether you believe or not. I am not trying to get my students to get to heaven. I'm just trying to get them to be the Good Samaritan and to kind of explore their own faiths in a safe environment. I suppose maybe people just look at their own RE lessons from a child and think, well, that's how it is. It's just the catechism. It's just, you believe this, do this, you'll go to heaven. And that's not the case at all. So I've changed, maybe changed how we perceive RE and obviously much more funding as well. We've got some university people on the call as well here. Um, not all of them in the in shop, but Tim is here. What do you think he should be saying to his graduates to get them to train to, to be an RE teacher? It's the best subject because it's kind of like you get so much from the students. Like every lesson's different. You know, I've been teaching the same topic for 20 years, but every response is different. And it's a privilege to teach RE and it's an honour because you're supporting them on their own journey of exploring their own views, exploring their faith and putting that into action. And I would say it's so much better than people think. It's a great subject to teach. You can teach it in any way. You know, if you want to use a video clip, you can do. If you want to role play or like I try to be proactive with plasticine and Lego and the kids love that. And I just think it's much more open-ended than they probably think. Tim, the challenge. A few thoughts in, in response to this. Um, a lot of departments around the country um, are actually starting to do really interesting projects now to get students into classrooms. Uh, I think one of the most important things you can do to encourage someone to consider a career in teaching is to, to give them that classroom experience of trying out something creative and seeing how excited the students get. Um, and we're seeing departments around the country start to, teach, to, to deliver modules in how to teach religion as, as part of the degree program. Um, but it's also, it's not just my students. That's one of the really interesting things about this campaign. Um, some, something like one in three, I think people who go on to be RE teachers have a background in theology and religious studies. Uh, but this is also a career choice for people who are doing degrees in a really wide range of subjects like philosophy or history or sociology or the sciences. Um, Really, and I would say any degree that gets you thinking about how people see the world around them, um, how people live their lives, what matters to them. Um, you definitely don't need, as we've said a few times, to be a practicing Christian or to have Christian experience. And the, the wider the range of religious experiences, really, the better, um, which might include atheists and non-religious people and humanists as well. Um so what, what we'd like to see, or at least what I'd like to see, is um, maybe collaborative projects at universities where a TRS department teams up with... So what we've done is we've teamed up with the philosophy department and we've got philosophers and religious studies people um, going into classes together. Um, it would be great to see history and sociology and other departments doing that as well so that everybody sees how this kind of subject can fit in with the degrees that they're doing at university. Thank you. Deepak, Nick, you're joining us from um, the Midlands. Thank you, my friend. I'm sorry, I'm not a teacher. Uh, 
but I get often um, requests to go to schools and talk about Hinduism. And the number of requests has uh, increased substantially over the last few years. And it's grown from uh, local schools to now I'm traveling 30 miles, 40 miles sometimes to schools um, to, to try and reflect, you know, Hinduism. And actually that's become really stressful in terms of an organization, in terms of a me person. Uh, obviously I got a job and everything else. Um, so I can only say that the a request by schools from RE teachers has increased on people like myself from other faiths as well. So there needs to be some kind of recognition and uh, coming together of people, you know, RE teachers as well as ourselves, because I think there's a resource there and there's an opportunity there that could also be maximised as well, really. Um, and I, I, from my point of view, I do believe that Nairi teachers, one of the things about them should be that they have a um, some kind of uh, uh, feeling towards the sacred in what a, whatever shape or form that may take. Um, it, it is getting into the realm of belief and what belief that what what it, what it means to have a belief, you know. So maybe a bit more controversial to the to other contributors, but that's where I feel anyway. Perhaps that is quite an interesting outcome of the fact that there are fewer specialist teachers, that people within religious communities are being invited into schools to give the information, to give the understanding about the different faiths. I don't know if anyone's come across that. Heather, perhaps, have you come across that as a feature? Yeah, I mean, that's always been a common feature of RE is that it's quite important for RE to uh, to invite um, faith members in because we want them to our, our young people to understand the lived notion of faith. And obviously it's much um, more impactful. It's much more real if they can hear from a member of a faith community um, and, or from a particular worldview. Um, so um, I think having faith members involved in RE lessons has a very long and important kind of history. Um, I, I wonder if it is becoming more important in a sense if, if we have a lot of non-specialist teaching because there's an, there will be an underconfidence in teaching particular traditions. Um, so there may well be more of a of a need for it. Um, but I would always advocate and always get my trainees to think about how they can use their local sacres, how, could, how can they use their local faith communities within their classrooms? Because that's what brings our real life. Yeah, and to make sure that we pick good faith representatives as well, isn't it? You know, and that we do their faith justice because we have we have to make sure we teach it accurately as well and we don't give any misconceptions and reinforce negative stereotypes. Jasjit Singh joining us from the University of Leeds. Yeah, it's quite quite an interesting one, this, because uh, I'm increasingly being asked asked to come into schools too, and I'm, I'm doing quite a, quite a number of online assemblies particularly post-COVID where that's kind of become normalised. So that's a lot easier for me um, logistically, of course, because I don't have to actually physically go anywhere. But in terms of this, who do you invite in? That's a really interesting question because I think the reason people reach out to me is because obviously I'm I'm an academic and I'm, I've got, I'm kind of um, seen to be a relatively 
objective and independent, let's say, um, as compared to maybe they've had, they possibly had experiences in the past where, you know, individual perspectives have been presented. So th th this question of, you know, who comes in and represents a minority tradition is really, really important because if that's the only experience the pupils get with somebody from that tradition, then that's, it needs to be, it needs to be of reasonable quality. Otherwise you can often do more damage if, if the, if the wrong kind of thing is, is said. So that's something I'm actually looking at. I'm, I'm starting a project with, um, with Clemson Gabriel's in April, where I'm going to be looking looking at seeing how local communities can engage with the religion and worldviews community too, and kind of seeing if there's any any kind of best practice along how that engagement takes place. Thank you, Catherine. Do you have a response to that? Is, it, is your pioneering that that project will the outcome of this shortage of RE teachers mean that it becomes more important for schools to know how to engage with local religious communities? Um, yeah, just to say, it, it's it's Jazjit's project. We're funding it. So if you want to know more about the project, I'll do 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 ask him. And we're delighted yeah. to to be funding and supporting it. Um, I think that, I don't know. I think there's a number of of things that have sort of been going through my head in the last minute or two as people have spoken about this. I think one of the key things for me is that um, having well-qualified specialist teachers is almost more important um, when you're engaging with people from different faith and belief communities, because you need to know where to go. You need to know how to have those conversations. You need to understand something about those communities um, in order to make sure that what you are uh, wanting uh, people like um Deepak, for example, to share in the classroom is what your 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 children and young people need at that particular time um, in terms of their um, curriculum progression and understanding. In, in this case, of of the Hindu worldview tradition, so I think having special teachers is even more important. And also, I think um, uh, from certainly from my experience, a very long time ago as a teacher um, of RE, um, when you have some knowledge and understanding, you're more willing to go out and engage with with faith and belief communities as well. Um, I think, um, and so therefore you're enriching that whole experience. I think it's kind of a, it's kind of both things are required. Both we need, um, you know, really qualified, good, well qualified teachers, but also those well qualified teachers. I, th I think are more likely, uh, perhaps, to then engage with faith and belief communities and draw in their expertise and their experience into the classroom too. I think as we uh, wrap up the discussion, I wonder if I could ask you all to give a message to anyone who might be watching this or listening to us. Um, uh, why should they enlist as a religious education teacher? What is your pitch in 30 seconds? Um, Heather, I'm going to ask you, first of all. Yeah, I would say just because it's a subject. I mean, I was a classroom teacher for 10 years. Um, I now train teachers and it's a subject that um, is just awesome to teach um, it has a profound impact on the young people um, and you know it's not just me saying that the research says that as well um, so why not join us thank you Catherine I call an army teacher because this sounds a bit cheesy but I do actually think it's the best job in the world it, you know it is a privilege to be a teacher and it's a privilege to be in there on their journey of faith and help young people get the skills to interact with those people around them in the world and make a positive contribution. Thank you. Catherine Wright. 
Thanks, Ruth. Um, so RE is more popular than ever. I think it's highly valued. You know, I think we've got stats that 250,000 uh, young people did um, religious studies GCSE um, last year. I think it's more relevant and important and beneficial for young people than it's ever been. Um, and of course, there's a big shortage. So you highlight to get a job at the end of it. So it's a great uh, career to go into at the current time. Thank you. And finally, Tim. Catherine has, has stolen my punchline, but I, I always could say there's there's vacancies, lots and lots and lots of vacancies. Um, if you are someone who is passionate about religion or you're interested in a religious or non-religious worldview, um, you don't need to know everything. Uh, no one does. Um, if you're doing a degree in philosophy or TRS or sociology or history or, or some degree program that's teaching you to understand how people see the world around them, uh, you could be an RE teacher and there are hundreds of jobs waiting for you to do, um, which is a nice position to be in, I think. Thank you. And thank you to all the panel for joining us today. Um, I'm sure you'll keep in touch with us to let us know if your campaign's successful. Um, look forward to inviting you in another uh, briefing in the future. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Religion Media Centre podcast. To find out more about us and what we offer, visit our website at religionmediacentre.org.uk. In the meantime, we look forward to welcoming you to our future podcast episodes.